Revelation 4.2. Uh, John, the, John the Revelator, we call him the John the Revelator, he wrote the Gospel of John and he wrote the book of Revelation. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost used him, you understand? And so um, he wrote there in, John, in uh, Revelation 4.2, he said that he, there was a door opened in heaven while he was praying and he heard a voice and the voice said, come up hither. I sense that summons tonight. Yes, sir of the Spirit of God in the body of Christ to people to come on up, come above the natural, come above what they've been thinking about all day, come up into the presence of God, come up, because it says, come up hither, and he said, immediately I was in the Spirit. So the Spirit is summonsing, that's a summons, come up hither, that's a summons, the Spirit's summonsing us to come up into a realm above the natural realm and operate there with God. Amen. And he said immediately he was in the spirit. Of course, he began to have revelations. But um, there are many things that the New Testament believer is supposed to do in the spirit. We're supposed to pray in the spirit. Ephesians 6.18, you remember? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That doesn't mean you have to be having a vision and, 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 and to pray, but you understand what that term means. We've defined it for you many times. So, I believe God's inviting this congregation into a new realm of operating in these things. And so um, I'm inviting you. God's inviting you. And so uh, let's all go together. What do you say? We told a story on Sunday, Sunday morning that uh, the good ones had an experience where they, they had many experiences. We've all had many experiences. But this one was the one they prayed out that man that his life was in danger and, and God gave him a dream because of it. And he had the, and because of the dream, he wouldn't work the top of the oil derrick where he was working because in the dream, he saw that the cable was going to uh, snap and cut his head off. And so he didn't do it. And he, he, he would, he, and the, the boss said, well, you know, is there anybody else want, he's another denominational man. I mean, you know, God loves all his, his people. But denominational man said, I'll do it. I'm not superstitious. He, woke, he went up there in 10 minutes, cable broke, cut his head off. And, uh, and uh, he was a good Christian man. God loved him just as much. But what's the difference? God, see, some people don't believe in these things. They don't believe in praying things out. They don't, they don't catch these moves of the Spirit. They don't, when, they get, when they get an unction to pray about the unknown, they have no way of doing that in English. But in tongues, you do. Amen. You can pray about what you don't even know because you're not praying out of your mind. You're praying out of your spirit. So we want to learn more and more about this. It'll pay off richly for us to, to uh, be a part of uh, a place where the spirit of God's li at liberty to move like he wants to move in all the ways he moves. Um, and, you know, uh, we've got to get this message out. Lives depend on it. All of us yielding to the Spirit of God, when He cues us to pray, people's lives depend on it. I'm going to tell, tell another story tonight, maybe more, we'll see. But, um, but and here's something interesting. Um, many times people say, I want to see a greater move of the Spirit in the services. Well, we all do. But yet, we don't, we, we, the greatest portion of the move of the Spirit in my life is not in the church services. The greatest portion of it is in my own prayer life, in my you know, in my home yeah. or wherever I am, just praying, talking to God. I mean, praying things out, God speaking, God revealing, God, God, God doing so many things. And uh, so we don't want to minimize what's happening, even though we don't see it, maybe because people don't always talk about it. Amen. 
you know, this answers the question, is there any value to that speaking in tongues? People, people say sometimes, well, what's the value of all that speaking in tongues? Well, ask that man whose head stayed on. Yeah, there's value. There's value. Because she didn't know what she, this is Mom Goodwin, the, the pastor's wife, this man's pastor's wife. Uh, she didn't know what she was praying about, but she just yielded to tongues, yielded and prayed in the Holy Ghost and prayed it out. Hallelujah. And uh, that's, that's what happened as a result of it. Praise the Lord. All right. Did you find, yeah, did you find Isaiah 62? Amen. Um, other men are pioneering and exploring in the areas of science, technology, medicine, whatever. I'm a pioneer and an explorer in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God needs laborers in this realm. Uh, you ought to go through your New Testament and just, well, get a Greek concordance helps. You know, get all, all that stuff online now and just find the term in the spirit, in the spirit and just mark them all and study them. And you'll find the emphasis for the New Testament believers doing what we do in the spirit. Praying, worshiping, living, walking, you know, everything we do, we do it in the spirit. So we ought to learn a little bit about it. And we are, praise the Lord, we're, we're moving. But um, many of the uh, things that people are, are endeavoring to do, they're endeavoring to minister and conduct life in the flesh or out of their minds. And uh, that's very limited. <laughs> Amen. I'm not trying to insult you, but your mind is very limited, just like my mind is very limited. You know, Romans says in 8, 26, 27, likewise, the spirit helps our infirmities, plural, we have several. <laughs> and then he mentions one, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us or helping us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Greek says inarticulate speech. So there's, there's this place of prayer in the Spirit that you can yield to the yearnings of God on the inside of you because he knows something needs prayed about. And he'll pass the, the, the infirm, he'll pass the knowledge that something needs to be prayed about onto your spirit in the form of a, like we Sunday, Sunday we were talking about the inward foreboding or the inward something's not right. You know, everything can be great in your life, but, but you can just be, come to a place in life where you're aware something's not right. So, so, and maybe, maybe it's not your life. Maybe it's something else. Something that the Holy Ghost knows about that your mind knows nothing about. And we are beginning to recognize that's not always insomnia. <laughs> that's not always indigestion. It's not <laughs> being funny, but it's not always a personal attack against our own minds. You know, an, an oppression just of the enemy. You understand? There, there are things that come from the outside trying to oppress our mind. There are personal attacks against us personally. But then there are some of these things, these, the old timers called them burdens to pray. Yes. Yes. I, there's probably nothing wrong with that as long as you understand the term. Don't, don't think it's, uh, you know, some heaviness from the devil. It's, it's something that, that is an, a, it's a leading to pray. I like to call them cues to prayer. 
And if we'll learn to recognize, you ask yourself the question, is this coming from the outside or is this coming from up, up out of my spirit? There's something bothering my spirit. What is it? Something's not right. Somebody's life's in you. Sometimes you got to pray a little bit to find out what it is. And sometimes you never know what, will know what it is. But you can be effective and not know what you're praying about. If you yield to the utterance, whether it's in tongues or English, or the yearnings or groanings, like the Amplified says of Romans 8, 26, uh, too deep for utterance. If you yield to it, you can be effective. You say, well, it's not discernible. Why would God give me something like that that's not discernible? To him it is. It's an expression. You're taking on the, the God is, Jesus is touched with the feelings of people's infirmities. Bible said he is touched with, well, and what, is he just sitting up there uh, touched about it? No, he wants to do something about it. But so many times he needs somebody to pray to, get, to be able to do it. Amen. Now, I don't have time to get into all that. If you're new tonight, that might be a statement that sounds like heresy to you. But, but you read the scriptures very carefully and you'll find that's true. And so God will have to move on somebody with what he's moved about. Move with, what he's touched with. He needs to put what he's touched with He needs us to be touched with it. And so he'll put on our hearts what he's touched with or what he's moved by to get us to respond to the Spirit in prayer so that we can pray it out and he can do what he really longs to do. Because what's getting ready to happen might not be his will and he wants somebody to pray so it can stop, so so it can be changed. A lot of times we don't think about this, but uh, things that are not God's will, uh, well, I'll get into this. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. But you just have to know God needs our cooperation in these things. And it all has to do with authority. He gave man authority down here. He will not interfere in people's lives without somebody asking him to. Because with him, interference, without invitation, I mean, uh, uh, to get involved without an invitation is interference. Amen. Amen. So anyway, let's get into this. You go to Isaiah 62. Look what it says. We'll just read verses uh, 6 and 7. I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest until he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Now, this is talking about prayer, and uh, the Amplified brings that out. I'll just show you this real quickly here. I won't take much time here, but in the Amplified of this, it says, uh, uh, O Jerusalem, who have held, I've set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, who will never hold their peace day nor night, you who are his servants, and by your prayers put the Lord in remembrance of his promises, keep not silence. So he's talking about prayer here, isn't he? And so this is, this is praying so that the will of God will come to pass. God has things he wants to do and he's, he's basically looking for somebody to ask him. Now that sounds like if you haven't been taught, if you're new, you haven't been taught, that sounds like that, that's just not right. God can do whatever he wants. But you read through the New Testament very carefully when it comes to prayer and you'll find it, 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 it might not out and out say it, but it is implying obviously that God won't do it or can't do it until somebody asks it. 
Remember he said, the, the harvest is plenty, the laborers are few. You pray, the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. Well, it's your harvest. It's your gonna, you're the one going to send them. Why don't you just do it? He said, he implies he can't or won't because he said, you pray. Amen. And that's all through the New Testament. It's all through the New Testament. I don't have time to go through that. I just want to give you one. But so he said here, pray so that basically the will of God for, in this case, Jerusalem will be done. Well, what about the will of God for the church? We could say, that, we say it this way. You could say until, in other words, pray until the church is well established in the move of God in this era. Can you see that? Now, there's many things. Notice he said here, I've set watchmen upon your walls. The, Bible, the New Testament talks a lot about watching. Watch and pray over and over again. Watch and pray. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Remember Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching, 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 watching thereunto, excuse me, with all perseverance, watching in prayer. That's a, that's a, and that's all through the New Testament. First Peter 4, 7, uh, the end of all things is at hand. Watch ye therefore and pray. Amen. Be sober therefore and watch unto prayer, excuse me. Be sober therefore and watch, watch unto prayer. So part of what prayer, our prayer life is, is to watch over things. The Lord said to me recently, there were some things that I just kind of sensed some things slipping through the cracks and uh, so forth and so on. And, and I was asking the Lord about it. He said, there's more concerning what we're responsible for. See, if you're responsible for something, you're also responsible to watch over it in the spirit. Department heads. Amen. I should have heard some real loud amens right there. You're not just a, you're not just a helps minister there. Watch over it in prayer. Watch over it in the spirit. Don't let the devil get in there. Well, pastor, you're supposed to pray. Well, the Lord said this to me. He said, he's adding things to us. He's adding more to us in different realms of ministry. He said, there's more to watch over now. You need more help in prayer. You can't do it all, nor is God asking us to do it all. So we're recruiting tonight, <laughs> praise the Lord. And this is not just for one service. This is for your daily life, watching. You've got things you're praying about in your own private, personal life and so forth. Thank God for that. You need to watch over that. But there's more to your uh, watching responsibility. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, if we'll watch properly, the devil won't get a single opportunity. Amen. Praise God. And so I want a congregation and we're getting more and more. We're taking more and more steps. But a congregation that uh, just 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 the devil doesn't get people. Just doesn't get the people. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. And uh, because the congregation, not just the pastor, but all of us are helping supply, bring a supply of the Spirit. They're watching over the, the things pertaining to the ministry or the people that are here in such a way that uh, people are spared from all sorts of things. All sorts of things. All sorts of things. Just spared from them. Amen. Hallelujah. 
and uh, the ministry flourishes and the anointing flows and so many things, miracles are worked and happening and, and people are being born again. It's just a constant flow. And people begin to say, why is it? And I, I want to be able to say, because my people pray. Amen. Because the people pray. <laughs> Praise be to God. Now, we can't make everybody's decisions for them. If they want to listen to the devil, they, they, that's a free, they're a free moral agent. But right on the other hand, we ought to be making such a supply to them that, that uh, I mean, they keep, and I'll tell you a story tonight about some of this, that they keep being brought back. Amen. All right. Did you go? Where did you go? Ephesians 6.18 also. We just quoted Ephesians 6.18 after he talks about putting on the armor. He said, praying always, so the rest of the time you can do what you want, with all manner, with all, King James says all prayer, but literally it says all manner of prayer. So there's different kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit. So we're to be doing this in the spirit and watching there, watching there in the spirit unto, watching there in the spirit unto prayer with all perseverance and supplication with all saints. So just stick with it. Perseverance means just stick with it. Just keep up at it. Amen. All right. So watching unto prayer. So what we're doing here is we're spending time in God's presence to see what the spirit of God wants or needs someone to pray about. Yeah, amen. To see what he's going to prompt us to pray about. We're really waiting on the direction of the anointing in the spirit in prayer. Amen. Without watching, one can miss cues. You know what I mean by cues? Uh, leadings to pray. And so we can become so caught up with natural affairs and be busy mentally that we're missing what's going on down in our spirits. I'm not saying we are, maybe we are, maybe we aren't. I'm just simply saying we can. If we're not, we're not careful, we can be just busy, busy, busy. Our minds are on other things. And whenever the, a, pr a prompting or a cue comes up in the spirit yeah. to pray, yeah. we don't yield to that. Yeah. Yeah. And in uh, somebody's life could be spared if we would. Yeah. I mean, it's not always that serious, but you understand that these things can be that serious. And so... Uh, this is a continu this should be a continual move of the Spirit in our lives. The day you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues, that's just the doorway into all this. That shouldn't have been the greatest experience you've ever had in the Spirit. <laughs> greatest one should be just, just, just yesterday, you know, or today. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what's all this exhortation to watchfulness for? It's to be available for the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, to pray about people's situations that we might not even know about. You understand? Because he longs to intervene in situations. There are people that the Spirit's longing to intervene on their behalf about things that they need or something that came up or a temptation that's getting ready to trip them up or take them out or, or something like that. God needs somebody to pray. He's looking through the earth, looking for somebody to respond to him. Amen. In prayer. And so what will happen is Philippians 1.19 will make a supply of the spirit available to that person. Amen. You ever read Philippians 1.19? It talks about a supply of the spirit through prayer that they made for Paul. And you can do that for other believers. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said about Peter, 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 he said, uh, Satan's desired to have you to sift you like wheat. Amplified says, but I've prayed for you. Yes. Satan wants, Amplified says, Satan wanted to give me to give you up out of the power and keeping of God, but I've prayed for you. In other words, my prayer life is making a, 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 the power of God manifest towards you to help you so you don't, total, you're not totally taken out. He said, you're going to deny me, but I've prayed. So you're coming back. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But the Amplified is so powerful. His Satan wanted Jesus to give him up out of the power and keeping of God. How was he keeping Peter supplied with the power of God that kept him in his prayer life? In his prayer life. Now that's us. Amen. I could, I, I, we don't have time to get into it, but people say, well, Jesus is ever living to make intercession for us, so he's praying, so the implication is well, we don't need to pray. I, 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 I wish I had the time to show it to you in the scriptures. Jesus cannot, he, he cannot pray for you apart from somebody that he moves on on this earth. I'm not saying he's not there making intercession, but intercession in that case doesn't always mean prayer. It's just a go-between, standing between two parties. Amen. If he's doing it all, why, do we, why are we invited to go boldly to the throne of grace? I mean, if he's doing it all, let's go golfing. I mean, it's all going to work out. Why do we get these groanings, these yearnings, and so forth? Anyway, I won't get into all that, but some people, they are out of balance. They just think, well, God's doing all my prayer life, so I don't have to pray anymore. No, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmity. He's helping us pray. He, the Spirit doesn't pray. You pray as He helps you. Amen. Okay, so, are y'all glad you came tonight? Um, when you yield to the Spirit, because sometimes people say, well, the Holy Ghost doesn't use me much this way. Well, don't, that, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to. Um, you and I, first of all, you're going to, if you're going to be used this way, you have to be available to him. Amen. And you got to yield to the promptings of the spirit. When the anointing comes on you and you are a prompting that we're going to talk about in a minute. We've been talking about this cue, the, the cue, this foreboding. We're going to get into a little bit tonight. When that comes on you or comes to you. Your yieldedness to that is his permission to begin to use you in that. He stand, that, that becomes, when that, let's, let's say there's different cues to prayer. Sometimes somebody's just, somebody just keeps coming to you. I mean, you get your mind quiet and this person's just kind of like standing in front of you. Not in a vision, but you know what I mean. Just, just you're, you're, they're, just, they're just in front, they're just, you're, you're thinking about them, you know. And that's not for you two weeks later when you see him saying, I've been thinking so much about you. No, <laughs> that's not what that is for. It's a, it's a prayer project. So um, when you yield to that by beginning to pray, the Holy Spirit is standing there ready to take hold with you concerning what he wants to pray about concerning that person. It's like you go through, a, it's, it's like that cue or that prompting where that person's either standing before you in the spirit or you, you get this, there's, there's something's bothering your spirit, something's wrong, danger's ahead or something like that. When you begin to yield to that and, and maybe it comes out in groanings, maybe it comes out in just utterances of the, 
uh, tongues, whatever. When you yield to that, what happens is you, you go, that, that cue, you might call it, is a doorway into the spirit realm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. People say, I don't know how, you pastor talks about being in the spirit and praying and different things happening. I don't know how to get in there. Yield to these things. Amen. And you'll slip right on in. That's right. You'll slip right. I said, you'll slip right on in. Slip right on in. Before you know it, you're over there praying about things you'd never thought about praying about. <laughs> and something gets changed that otherwise would not have been changed. And something gets stopped that the enemy planned to do that otherwise he would have been able to do. I'm telling you, the strategies of the enemy are powerless against the Holy Ghost. But not just the Holy Ghost that we don't yield to, the Holy Ghost that we yield to. Ha, ha, ha. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. So when you yield, the anointing will come on you stronger and take you further. Well, I just don't know where I'm going. Of course you don't know where you're going. You got, it's a faith thing. Start yielding and you'll get there. Well, what if I end up, you know, acting unusual, praying in groanings and yearnings like the Amplified says? Well, what are you afraid of? Amen. That you might actually yield to the Holy Ghost? Is that what you're afraid of? That you might actually be a, be a part of a miracle happening in somebody else's life? I'm telling you, this era needs this kind of praying. It will not fully manifest without this kind of praying. No way. It'll never, it'll never happen. But it will happen because we're going to yield to this more and more. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, responding to the Spirit will get you through that door and get you over into that. And we've, we've talked on some, some on Sunday about certain things. And so, your life shouldn't look like nobody's helping you. It shouldn't look all comfortless. You know, all orphaned. You know, like, like nobody's caring for you. If it is, it's because, remember the Bible says that, that the Holy Ghost is our comforter. It says he's our advocate, you know, and so forth and so forth. And Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away because the comforter will come. The expedient means to your advantage. Amen. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come to you in the Holy Ghost. Comfortless means orphaned in the Greek. You shouldn't look orphaned. Somebody's taking care of you. But if you don't yield to it, then things are going to get into your life. Well, I'm a faith person. I make faith confessions. Yeah, and because of that, sometimes you'll get these unctions. Because, because you're a faith person. See, people have, have tried to faith everything all the way through. And faith is, is the beginning, but faith won't yield to these promptings of the Holy Ghost. I mean, making confessions of faith won't. Listen, if you've got a yearning to groan, making a confession won't do it. Amen. If you've got uh, utterance in tongues, making a confession of faith won't cut it. That's what happened in the last election. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. People tried to confess their way into God's plan in the last election. It didn't work because people didn't yield to this. Amen. And people are kind of smug about this one happening in about a week. They're just looking at the natural and relaxing. Stuff is going to happen. I'm just telling you. So anyway, I'm just God's delivery boy. I'm going to go home happy. But um, so we've got to teach on this. 
are because people, they think that because they hear about faith and confession, that's just all there is to it. No, you, you have to understand the move of the Spirit in prayer and yield to it. Often these things are the inner witness, but it manifests in ways that people don't, don't, don't recognize that it's the inner witness. Amen. All right. So, um, hallelujah. Now, let's talk about these cues in prayer a little bit. Um, one of the, some, of these, some of these situations, for no apparent reason, you're just, you're just heavy. I don't mean it's coming from the outside. Uh, there are things the enemy will try to bring against you from the outside and make you heavy. And you have to recognize, where is this coming from? Is this coming from the outside or is it coming from the inside? Because your spirit can begin to be bothered by something. Not, not because you just watch too much news. Or you just got off the phone with Aunt Susie and she told you all the problems of your nephew. And, you know, he's, he, uh, no, no, this, you know, God can move to where whenever you hear things like that, the spirit of God moves you to pray. I don't mean it can, but a lot of times, some, some of the situations I get in, I, I remember a situation, I was paying the bills one, I believe it was a Saturday, this was years ago. And I found my, I, I just, I just could not get somebody off my heart. And, I'm, and I remember finding myself coming to myself and realizing I've been sitting with the, here with the pen on the check half written for a couple of minutes because somebody was so strong in my heart. I'm just, I'm just saying, Father. And, and I came to myself. I had been sitting there for a couple of minutes. I realized that afterwards I had been sitting there. I'm like, my goodness, you ever had something like that? You just, you can't hardly give yourself your attention to something because somebody's on your heart. Well, go away and pray about that. Well, I don't have the time. How much time do you think it'll take? Well, if I pray, it'll be an hour. Not if you yield properly. Maybe, maybe not. If you yield fully, it might not take as long. I've learned it doesn't take in so many cases, five, 10 minutes. Sometimes takes longer. Am I, am I making any sense tonight? But these cues have to be responded to. Sometimes you're on the verge of weeping for no apparent reason. And you think, well, my goodness, am I having emotional problems or something? I mean, everything's going good in my life. What's wrong with me? It's probably not emotional things as much as it is something in the spirit. Amen. And so if you yield to it, a lot of times it'll, it'll lift off of you once you yield to it and, and express to God what, what you know, the, it's a yearning of the Spirit, so to speak. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, the, God, go over there to Hebrews chapter number, where is that? Chapter number four here. Hebrews four is so powerful. And... Uh, Notice verse number 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that's passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So there's confession. You look at the margin, it's confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Let's take the knots out. Our high priest is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And, is in, and was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, we're the ones going, but notice he didn't say automatically that we're always the ones that are getting mercy and grace for ourselves. You can go and get it yourself. Thank God. There's, it's available for all of us. 
It's an open invitation to come. But he didn't say it's always for ourselves. How about if it's for somebody else? He didn't say if it's for us or somebody else. You can get it for yourself. You can get it for somebody else. But I want you to notice the context. Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The Greek word for touched with the feeling of is the word compassion. Translated in New Testament, compassion. So he's compassionate. Compassion doesn't just sit and say, I'm so, you know, I've, I've, I feel for you and I'm so sorry. Compassion is not sympathy. Sympathy is human. Compassion is divine. And when divine compassion starts rolling in your spirit for somebody, uh, it, it can just, it can be light and, and a slight prompting at first. But if you begin to yield to it, before you know it, you can begin to weep or yield and, and, and have these groanings and yearnings and longings and, and you don't know why, you don't know what, what's, what's, what danger's ahead or what, what's going the wrong way. Or you, you, you might not know. You might know. Sometimes I know, but that, I would say a vast majority of the time I don't know. When I do know, it's usually at the end of the prayer time or something comes up within just a day or so and I know that was it. That was it. That's what what I prayed out. And it went the right direction rather than the wrong direction. This is living. This is the way I live. It's the way I roll. It's it's not daily with me, but it's regular. I go through seasons I don't have as much of it. It's not necessary as much. But I go through seasons where there's more of it. Amen. Amen. So are you interested? We're going to tell some stories. We'll see how much we can get out here tonight. But... Um, so sometimes you're just no, for no apparent reason, you're just stirred. And that compassion is, is notice here he's touched, but then he said, but we're the one going to the, going to prayer and getting something. Yes. We're the one obtaining the grace and mercy. So he's touched, but he must've moved on us so that we're touched with what he's touched with. Cause we're the one going to the throne and getting something. Right. You see that? So. I like these verses right here. They're so helpful when it comes to prayer. Hallelujah. So what we find then is, is that um, there's a difference between uh, something coming, something maybe a, a, I hesitate to say the word burden, but sometimes I don't know have a better word. It's like a, a unction of prayer comes on you and, a, and you're, you're picking up what somebody's going through. You're picking up the feelings of their infirmity. You're feeling what they're feeling. And I don't mean in your body. I mean you're picking it up in your spirit. Your spirit is aware of it and your spirit, it, it, that, that which is coming on them maybe a heaviness from the enemy or something or an attack of some kind. Now the Spirit of God is taking that off of them and putting it on your heart. And if you yield to that and pray that off of you, it'll come off them. I've done it. I've done it. And they show up next time I see them. Man, I'm just telling you, something happened to me the other night. I just, just, I just like I, a freedom just came. I just, I just smile and say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I wish, you know, the reason sometimes I don't tell more testimonies is so many of them are confidential. (laughs) I would love to tell stories. 
I would love, I like, that's why I like getting out of town. <laughs> I tell stories, nobody knows what I'm talking about. And they say, man, you don't tell those stories back at home. I said, no, I can't. <laughs> Amen. How many of you know love doesn't uncover people, people's, but when, when nobody knows who they are, praise the Lord. That's not, that's not being unlovely towards them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, this is not a flow of sympathy. This is a flow of divine compassion. And so sympathy says, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel what you're feeling. I'm so sorry. Compassion says, I feel what you feel, but I pray and bring deliverance. Amen. So you have to learn the difference between what comes on you from the outside or, you know, the enemy and what comes on you, comes up out of your spirit. You ever remember that story Brother Hagin told about um, being home for a few days between trips? He had a travel trailer. He pulled it in his whatever driveway and, and they parked it. And they were between, you know, one long, he would go for weeks at a time. And uh, they were out for a long couple of weeks and he came home for a few days and they were going to take it the trailer and go again for weeks. And that few days at home, they had so many things to do, business to take care of and so forth. He was just busy. And he said he kept having the sensation of being thrown from a car. He would tell her, Miss Aretha, uh, they'd get in the car and put on your seatbelt. Well, back in the 50s, they, nobody put their seatbelt on. Right. We do now, but they didn't back then. So it's unusual. Miss Aretha's like, why? Well, just put it on. <laughs> he kept having it. But it, but it wasn't, uh, it was a sensation. It was a cue to prayer. And he said, I was busy and I didn't spend enough time in the spirit. I didn't catch it. I didn't pray it out. He said, I don't remember how long it was, not long, within days or week or so, weeks or whatever. Um, his niece was in a car accident, was thrown from the car and killed. And he said, I missed that because I didn't spend enough time in the spirit. I didn't. How many of you, how many of you can't throw any stones at Brother Hagin? Because we've missed things too. I've missed things before. Oh my goodness. But I don't get under condemnation because the devil will beat me up. Amen. I'm not the one that killed him. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> You're the one that killed him, Mr. That's Devil. Yes. Yes. Amen. So just, just say it. Hallelujah. All right. So let's, let's talk about these, uh, these sensations. Uh, the, uh, Smith Wigglesworth talks about in some of, well, he didn't write the books, but people that wrote the books told, told about the story where there was a man in his, I think it was his town or somewhere there close to where he lived, the, a man named Lazarus who was dying of tuberculosis. And they, uh, they, he was at the last stages of it. And basically, uh, they called Smith Wigglesworth to pray. And the night before he went to pray, tuberculosis was a killer back then. They, he went to pray. He said tuberculosis came on him. And he just rebuked it, thought it was sickness of the enemy trying to attack his body. But uh, it wasn't. It was, it was God moving on Smith Wigglesworth under intercession. Intercession is to take, intercession takes the place of another. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And so intercession came on him. He, he even missed it. As keen as Smith Wigglesworth was in the spirit, he still missed that. Yeah. So there's yeah. no condemnation for us. But let's not make that acceptable in our lives. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The devil would love to continue to define these things for us and say these leadings are cues to prayer or an attack of the enemy because he doesn't want us to, to respond right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
I just talked to somebody the other day, just yesterday. They said, Pastor, you said on Sunday about some of these things, about these forebodings that come sometimes, these inward uh, awareness that something's wrong, something's not right, something's getting ready to happen. Something. Uh, and he said, I had one of them, and he told the experience, and, he, and it was the night before uh, an accident happened that he, uh, his company before, that he was over. He said, and I knew afterwards, after you taught on that, ah, yep. yeah. he said, I, I was out on a walk and I took a walk and I had this heaviness on me. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I just thought it was the devil. Yeah. But he said, no, after that, hap- that accident happened, I realized that wasn't the devil. That was the Holy Ghost trying to get me to yield to the spirit in prayer. Yeah. Well, I said, don't be condemned about it. I said, I've missed it myself before. But I don't want to talk about those stories. I want to talk about the stories that I, we hear it. <laughs> Amen. (laughs) We hit it. We hit it. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. All right. Um, But look here. Let me just, let me, uh, if you read Exodus 3, let's, let's go over there and I'm going to tell you a story and then we'll, we'll pray here. I think. Go to Exodus chapter number three. It tells us in verse, let's just read verses uh, 1 through 10. It says, Now the, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock of the back, to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will, turn, I will now turn. That's a big statement right there. Turn. When, when something supernatural starts happening, turn towards it. Now, I'm not talking about what the devil does. I'm talking about what God's doing. I will now turn aside and see this great sight which, and why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned, underline that, turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Now, notice, God didn't call until he turned. Right. The reason sometimes we don't get the next thing God's endeavoring to get to us is because we're not turning towards what he's already given us. Well, pastor, I hear these stories about these prayer people prayed and, and then things got changed and miracles happened. People's lives were spared, so forth and so on. I've never had anything like, have you ever turned toward these promptings to pray? Have you even identified that it is a prompting to pray? That's why, because whenever we turn, then God moves us further or God speaks to us further or the anointing gets stronger and, and the, the burden of prayer uh, actually gets prayed out. Amen. So I wanted you to see that, but notice he said, after he turned, he said, uh, draw nigh hither, verse number five, draw not nigh hither, excuse me, put off thy shoes for that. Uh, from thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob. Uh, And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look on God. And the Lord said unto him, look at this, get this right here. The Lord said unto him, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for uh, I know their sorrows. Now notice that. Israel is in Egyptian bondage. They're slaves. They had been in there for 400 years. Slaves. And he said, God said here, 
God's calling now, he's calling Moses to deliver them. Right? And why is he calling Moses to deliver them? Because he said, the people are in Egypt crying out. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. They're, They're calling out to God. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land under a good land and a large under a land flowing with milk and honey under the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The only thing they didn't have was termites. Um, <laughs> look at verse 9. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come up uh, come, uh, unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians have oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Oh, my goodness. God, if you read other passages, I thought it was in this passage, but there's another passage, that their sighs came up to God. Here it says their cries came up to God. So they're calling out to God the, the, the oppression that they're under. They, they actually got to the place that they turned to God and started praying about it. And so God hears that. He's touched with the feeling of their infirmities in Egypt. He hears their cries. He hears their sighing. And he spoke to Moses about it. So what he's really doing is he's, he's calling Moses to be a co-laborer together with him in their deliverance. Am I making any sense? How I many of you know we're co-laborers today with God as well? And so what he's touched with, he'll put on our hearts and say, pray. He'll say, pray. Why pray? Because he wants to do something. Because what's getting ready to happen is not his will. How many of you know if it's not his will, then he wants to do something different, but he has to have somebody to ask him. Here he had to have Moses co-labor with him in bringing this deliverance. And he'll do that with us. God's often looking through the earth to find somebody to work with him in in these things. Hallelujah. How many of you know Cedar Rapids ought to be his first stopping off point? Well, I know down there, they'll listen. They'll respond to that. Hallelujah. I'm not saying others don't pray. I'm just simply saying it ought to be that if nobody else catches the cue, he can find somebody in Cedar Rapids. Praise God. Because we learn about these things. Hallelujah. If you just read Ezekiel 22.30, Ezekiel, write down 22.30, Ezekiel 22.30. He said there was some things getting ready to happen. I'm paraphrasing. And, but he said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap, make up the hedge, but I found none. Therefore, this judgment came. I'm paraphrasing. But that term, I sought for a man. There's oftentimes God's looking for somebody. Why didn't he just bring the deliverance? Because he can't. It's an authority issue. So he needed somebody to ask him. Isn't that right? No doubt these people that he was looking for, no doubt they were, they would pick up things that they were supposed to pray. But they either all of them overlooked it or all of them misinterpreted it or all of them were too busy. They were going about their business. They didn't have time, you know. You got time to go into bondage but don't have time to pray, you know. 
But whatever the case here is, nobody, he found nobody, nobody. Wow. Now, many of these leadings of the spirit in prayer haven't been identified or misidentified. And so therefore, sometimes people haven't responded to it. Um, we've got to understand these things and not be ignorant of them. So the, these things that pertain to the Holy Ghost, because we'll, we'll catch more of these cues. You remember Samuel, the Bible says in second, or 1 Samuel 3, 1, that the Lord called to Samuel, but it says in second, uh, uh, 1 Samuel 3, 1, it says, Samuel did not yet know the voice of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. 1 Samuel 3, 1. Yes, so what did he do? He responded in the natural. He responded wrong. Remember? God's calling to him, Samuel. He thought it was somebody in the natural, so he ran to Eli. Here I am. No, he said, I didn't call you. Lay down. Called again. God called again. But three times, and then Eli realized what it was. He said, well, that's the Lord talking to you. Answer him, and he'll, talk to, he'll say more. See, there it is again. You have to turn to him, and you have to turn in the spirit, not in the flesh. He's responding, but he's responding in the flesh. This is how you need to get this CD and just let God talk to you about what we're talking about. So he eventually he responded to God in the spirit. And whenever like Moses, whenever he respond, turned towards God and responded to the spirit what, with this supernatural manifestation. He turned toward it, and, and Samuel did the same thing. Then God spoke more. Yeah, and when these cues come, such as these forebodings like we've been talking about, and you turn toward it in prayer, yes. not toward it in, you know, I must be oppression coming on me or, you know, uh, and, and dealing with it wrong, then God will begin to move you into praying what he really wants you to pray about. Yes. Amen. Yes. Are you learning anything tonight? Praise God. So we got to get better at identifying these things and respond properly to them. Now, how many of you know, if you've missed it in the past, don't condemn yourself. But we're learning. Praise God. We're going to continue to learn. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you a testimony. We could share a lot more about this, but I just want to tell you a testimony. I was, I was meditating on this this morning, and I was reminded of a story Kim Budak told me. And I just, and I, I just had a prompt to call her, and I'm glad I did because the details of this story are going to bless you. Amen. Amen. And this is a story about uh, her, God waking her up one night in prayer. This was probably 10 years ago. Um, and and uh, she, it was like a heaviness. It was like, you, you could call it a burden to pray. And she identified it correctly. She identified it not as something that the enemy was trying to oppress her with, her personally with, you know, a heaviness or, you know, you can, you can, if you don't understand these things sometimes, sometimes you'll think you'll, you're depressed or depression's trying to get a hold of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But no, it's not depression. It is sometimes it's just the spirit of God putting something on your heart. Amen. So she identified it right. This particular case, she identified it right. So what happened was she was, uh, she was, she realized what it was. She got up and, and uh, she just started praying. And she said she prayed yielding to the Holy Ghost. She didn't know what she was praying about for about 45 minutes. 45 minutes of prayer in tongues. I don't know if there's other expressions. It was all tongues. Was all tongues. And uh, after 45 minutes, it just sort of lifted. It's just like she got, she knew she prayed through. 
the, the burden of it, the weight of it. Now, I don't mean a physical weight. And I almost hate to use that term because it's not a heaviness on your mind. It's something on your heart. You ever had something heavy on your heart? <laughs> Uh, so uh, she yielded to it about 45 minutes. It lifted. And she said, well, we'll just go back to bed. Praise the Lord. No use staying up now. <laughs> so she did. She went back to bed. Well, the next morning, uh, she got a call. Was it the morning or afternoon, whenever? Uh, got a call that her said, and this is something that uh, her sister tells publicly. So it's okay for us to say this publicly. Uh, her sister shares this testimony, and she's walking with God now, but, but, uh, but she shares this testimony publicly, so uh, I'll tell it publicly. But the next morning, her sister back then, was one of her sisters, was not uh, walking with God and out of fellowship with God and had been through a lot, uh, even near-death experiences a number of times, but never had, I don't know if you know what I mean by this, never had woken up, <laughs> never had decided I'm done with this, you know, the way of the transgressor's heart. So, but, but this particular case, uh, Kimberly got a call next morning and the, the call was your sister is in the hospital. They found her this morning, I guess, found her out in a snow drift, I guess outside in the driveway or something. Uh, oh, on a random road. Okay. I didn't know that part. Found her in a snow drift. She had gotten drunk. She had binged on alcohol, gotten drunk. I guess, you know, didn't know where she was or whatever and didn't know how to get home or whatever. Found her in a snowdrift, almost frozen. Not, not, she's alive, but it was, she's in bad shape. And so she's in the hospital. And uh, so they said they, they wanted to induce a coma medically. You know, they can induce a person into coma medically. I guess to try to, I don't know how, how that all works, but that's one of their, that, they were trying to treat her in that way in order to keep her from, I don't know, from dying. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm not a doctor or a nurse. <laughs> I don't even play one on TV. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but so, and uh, within a day, they brought her out of that coma and she's perfectly fine. She's perfectly fine. No, no problems with the alcohol, no problems with all the, uh, I don't know how, she didn't have any problems from, she, from the cold or anything. She's just perfectly fine. They just kept her for, I don't know, a couple of days or something, just observing her because they were kind of shocked. <laughs> and uh, they said, well, we got to let you go. I mean, nothing, nothing wrong with you. And she's fine today. But how many of you know that's a good testimony? But that's not the end of the story. This, the, the, I believe because of the supply of the spirit that Kimberly made in prayer, that Kimberly wasn't only picking up, you know, something that, that was going to save her life. But she was praying out more to help her recognize her need to turn back to God. And she did. She had had, well, how many times had she been, had near-death experiences? Five different times that you know of and never had woken up spiritually, if you know what I mean, woken up and said, okay, this isn't working. <laughs> I think I'll turn to God. <laughs> never had. But this time she was, her life was spared and she woke up and came back to God. And has been walking with God ever since, perfectly clean from alcohol and drugs for 10 years, uh, married, in church, on the praise and worship team, faithfully walking with God and living a victorious life. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about.
I said, that's what I'm talking about. Praise be to God. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's think about it a little bit. Well, somebody said, well, God just sovereignly did that. I don't think so. If he was sovereignly doing something, why did he move on Kimberly to pray? Huh? And I believe because Kimberly, in, in her case, rec- was skillful enough to recognize it wasn't just the enemy attacking her personally, but was rec- able to recognize that this is a burden of prayer because of skillfulness. Something that had never worked, worked. I don't mean prayer hadn't worked. I mean nobody had properly yielded to it. Do you know there are people that will never be saved unless somebody prays like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Or never get back into the plan of God. Because of this prayer time, not only was her sister spared, but her sister got back into the plan of God. Laborers need prayer. Jesus said, pray the Lord for the harvest will send forth laborers. Those laborers need our prayers. And some of them, some of the laborers he wants to use are still drunk along the side of the road. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. One of the big laborers of the New Testament was killing Christians. When the disciples in Damascus decided to pray. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, the move of God and the things that can happen as a result of yielding to the Holy Ghost along this line. Hallelujah. The old timers called this a burden to pray. Uh, You might call it a cue to pray. But regardless, um, your mind has nothing to do with it. Kimberly knew nothing until she got that phone call. I mean, in the natural. Her mind knew nothing. She had no, no, no information in the natural that her sister is binging on alcohol. But um, so your mind has nothing to do with it. But this is spirit praying. Your spirit by the help of the Holy Spirit praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the spirit is passing along to your spirit the information through that you know, foreboding or awareness, something's wrong, something's wrong, somebody's life's in danger, whatever. The Holy Spirit is passing that on to your spirit, bypassing the mind. The mind knows nothing. Mind doesn't, I don't know why I need to pray. But the spirit does, and he knows things that, your spirit knows things that that your mind doesn't know. Amen. Amen. Because he's indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will begin to witness with it. You need to pray. You need to pray. We need to be watchmen over our families. We need to be watchmen over this ministry. Watchmen over our own lives. And there's a lot more to that we have time to get into tonight. Well, did you get anything out of that? Do you like these stories? Hallelujah. We ought to just keep telling stories until people get so hungry for this happening in their lives. When you start realizing what can be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of your dad. Because of prayer, how many of us were there there? Four, five, six, maybe? Probably about six of us praying. Uh, 
uh, uh, his life was spared. He came back. He actually had died. He's got a book about it. He went to heaven, saw heaven. Praise God. <laughs> but because it wasn't, he wasn't done, God wasn't done with him yet. God gave us unction and we were standing around the bed and, and uh, we prayed him out of death. Well, we prayed him back into his body because he had already left. Amen. God spoke to me and said, uh, he's dying. Or he said, I forget how he said it, but uh, you sense the spirit of death. And so I had a prompting, get down there by his ear and say, Tom, come on back. We prayed. Yeah, we didn't, didn't, didn't give you permission to leave. Oh, now, wait a minute. Well, see, you got to know the Holy Ghost. You can't do that in the flesh. But if you know the Holy Ghost is anointing you, you can do, bless God, you can. <laughs> Whatever the devil's trying to do. Y'all going to get anything out of the service over here? Stand up with me. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. While I was ministering the word, anybody recognize anything that happened in your life? Any, any period where something was, you had some burden, you might call it to pray. And then later something happened and you realize God was trying to save that person or spare that person. Anybody ever? Well, we're not condemned about it. That's not why we bring it up. But we're just asking that so we can begin to learn these things for ourselves. It all preaches good, but let's go ahead and learn it for ourselves. Let's work this word into our lives and, and have experience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've had times of prayer for Nigeria, times of prayer for individuals in this congregation, and times of prayer for our government. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Times of prayer for loved ones, yeah. family members yes. that were on the death, they were on the deathbed. Yeah. Prayed my dad out of, out of death. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Just Amen. could tell story after story after story. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, who do you think you are? Nobody. <laughs> but the greater one in me, somebody. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> We're not doing this in our power. That's right. Hallelujah. You got to get past yourself. Yeah, but I've made so many mistakes. Of course you have. That's not news to us. <laughs> Amen. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to Spirit of Faith Family Church. No, we all have made mistakes. But Elijah was a man just like us. Remember? Boy, he had such powerful prayer that he stopped the rain and started the rain. Didn't say Elijah a prophet. It said Elijah a man. Subject to like passions like as we are. In other words, he got tempted. He got tripped up. He missed it. He had him a pity party one day. Remember that? Prayed to die. Anybody here ever prayed to die? Well, you haven't gone as far as Elijah yet. As a human being. And yet he prayed powerfully. So get over yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tell you, say this out loud. I am, I am powerful, powerful in, the Holy Ghost. in the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. 